Thank you to everyone who's here today. God bless you for coming on this Sunday before Christmas, as Kevin pointed out. I welcome you. I add my word of welcome. If you're a first-time guest, we would really appreciate it if you'd fill out a visitor's card. It's in the pew rack in front of you. Please do that for me so I can persecute you. We'll have tail marketers call you. Okay, not that part, but I want to contact you, okay? And so please let us do that. But I'm glad you're here. I want to add a word of welcome also to those who are listening over the Internet. I've talked to a number of people in the last few days. Some are, uh, we're, we're a regional church. We have people who are here today from Bowling Springs, South Carolina, right? We have people who are listening who often attend from the lake over in Salem, South Carolina, wherever that is. And I'm glad you're here. We also have people out in the parking lot listening over a radio broadcast who can't yet come inside. So we're glad you're here no matter whoever you might be. I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. It's a wonderful time of the year, isn't it? And if any of you watch the weather for Friday, do you know what there's a 40% chance of Friday? Snow! That's right, Riley, snow. And guess who's excited about that? Little Dale over here and my daughters. We're getting any moment's change. We'll hear about it from our daughters who are very excited about possible snow on Christmas Day. How exciting that would be, right? I pray it'll happen for all of you who care about that. Um, <laughs> no, actually, I do, I do too. I love, I love snow. I mean, who doesn't love snow if you don't have to work in it, but it's a beautiful, beautiful sight. And uh, last year, right after Christmas, we went to Vermont. and We saw plenty of snow there. It was gorgeous. But anyway, I hope we have it. I hope, I hope. I want to begin today by talking about names. Now, I've told you before that I was once asked to participate in a baby naming ceremony. I mentioned it in Sunday school. I may have mentioned it in here but uh, when I was pastoring in Fort Worth, we had a lot of missions. And one of our missions was an African mission, primarily West African persons, but all of Africa. And our pastor was a wonderful young man who was from Nigeria. He was a Yoruba from Nigeria and wonderful young man working on his Ph.D. at the time, which he later finished. He later became the executive director of the Nigerian Baptist Convention. And he did me the great honor, he and his wife, can't remember her name, but Dale taught one of the daughters piano, but asked me, would I lead in the baby naming ceremony for their child? I said, wow, yeah, sure. Uh, well, are you going to give me his name? Yes, I'll write it out for you because we have to be very careful. His name is very important. Each name, he had four, were very symbolic and had great meaning. It was very important. And I said, well, well, what do you call him before he gets his name? We call him Little Stranger. So I held this beautiful little baby, and I said, until this time, you've been called Little Stranger, but as of this day, you shall be named Adealua, Aluashi, Aritayo Ishola. Wow, yes, I remembered after all these years because it was so hard to memorize, I still remember it. Now, I don't know what that meant in Yoruba, which was the tribal language of his people, but it was something very special. Now, these days, when people name a child, a lot of different reasons. Not all 
historical or connected to family. In fact, I read an article this week and it said that most popular children's names in 2020 and for the last decades come from whatever sports star is more popular at that moment, whatever movie someone has been to see, or it just might be someone mamas and daddies were fond of. And it might have a family connection. But do you know what the top five names in 2020 were for girls? Stay with me. I will tell you. This is official. Number one, Sophia. Number two, Olivia. Number three, Riley. Yep. Number four, Emma. Number five, Ava. And then it goes on down. Isabella, Aria, it goes on and on. Top boy names. Let's see if we got anybody here. Liam. Oh, yeah, Liam, raise your hand. Top boy name of 2020. Noah, Jackson, Aiden, Elijah, Grayson. I have a nephew by that name. Lucas and Oliver. But anyway, there it goes. Again, most of those are because of whatever's popular in culture at that particular, most, not all, popular in culture at that particular time. But what's in a name? Well, in Jesus' day, a name was very important. When a Hebrew would name their child, they took great, uh, great pains to make sure it was something that would indeed encourage the child's character but would also portray or portend the future of that child. So read with me about the naming of this little boy named Jesus. The Bible tells us about God's naming his son Jesus in Matthew, but then we're going to read in the Old Testament as well. Look with me first of all to Matthew 1 beginning with verse 24. And there it says those beautiful words we've heard over and over that she shall give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. If you're going to mark it down, mark that in your Bible. That's precious. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. And By the way, that's the prophet Isaiah. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated literally, with us is El, with us is God. When Joseph got up from sleeping, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but he did not know her intimately until she gave birth to a son, and he called him what? Jesus. Two other places I want us to look real quickly. One is in Isaiah 7:14, and the other, of course, is in Isaiah 9. We'll come back to it in more uh, close study in just a moment. But Isaiah 7:14 says, "Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign: the virgin shall conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel." And then in, Matthew, in Isaiah chapter 9, beginning with verse 6, for a child shall be born, will be born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named, what? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast. 
Its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom, an establishment with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. What's in a name? Well, in Jesus' name, there was salvation. In Jesus' name, there is joy. In Jesus' name, there is fulfillment of life. What is it about this name Jesus that we want to study real quickly? And I'm going to be short today. But just first of all, Jesus is uh, the Greek form of the Hebrew name Joshua, which means Yahweh is our salvation. It means God will save. Even Luke said it in another way when he said Jesus came to do what? To seek and to save that which was lost. Paul summed up the importance of this name Jesus by saying as he was preaching in Acts chapter 4, salvation is found in no other name, no other name under heaven whereby given unto men by which whereby we must be saved. The name Jesus. Why do I love Christmas? Because I love Jesus. I'm not ashamed to say it to any man, woman, boy, or girl, anywhere at any time. I love Jesus. He came to save. Well, the Old Testament tells us some other names. As we've just read, he is given the name Emmanuel, which is with us is God. Emmanuel. It was the Old Testament personal name for God, meaning that he is with us. He is the final fulfillment of this prophecy he is not unreachable. He is not unattainable. He is God with us. Somebody say amen. 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 And then Isaiah 9, we have four throne names for the Lord. Four throne names. It says he shall be called these things. This means his attribute shall be such as to make all these applications true. Appropriate descriptions of his purpose, of his character, of his mission. Wonderful counselor. Wonderful counselor. This is expressed as a greatness of wisdom. Someone who could be an advisor to kings. What a beautiful title for our Lord. In a day and time when people are buying up self-help books by the millions, when people go to psychiatrists and psychologists and counselors to get help for the troubles of their heart. It's important to also know that Jesus is the great counselor. It's important to know that he has a listening ear. It's important to know that he will give us advice that we don't always want to hear, but we need to hear. Our Lord is the wonderful counselor. Isaiah saw that, and God called him to share that message with us some 500 years before Christ would be born. He is compassionate. He is concerned. He is understanding in all of his dealings with us. He is the wonderful counselor. Next we see he is the mighty God. This speaks of his divine nature. The baby born in Bethlehem was no ordinary child. Mary knew this. Joseph knew this. But John was later to write about him, as we've been studying on Sunday mornings, that the Word became flesh, and that flesh dwelt among us. He is the mighty God. Isaiah saw the Messiah was to be the mighty God 
dwelling among us and that fulfill that Isaiah 7 14 passage he will be Emmanuel God with us he is also the everlasting father everlasting father was in reference to the duration of his reign for he would not be a short time savior he would be a full time forever God who loves us and stays with us everlasting father is even spoken of in John 8 58 when Jesus said those powerful words I tell you the truth before Abraham was I am so he speaks of the everlasting nature of his reign other religions have viewed God in various ways I find them fascinating and limited at best some of them view him as a benevolent old man some of them view him as an angry tyrant who hurts people others view him as a creator who created the earth but like an absentee landlord said okay go off and do your own thing no longer is he involved in creation and in our lives but the Bible tells us something very different when Yahweh God revealed himself to man only then to the true picture of who God is truly appear and that's why Luke said when you pray say father hallowed be thy name he is our father and he is an everlasting father some of you did not grow up in happy homes I know that some of you grew up in a home where the father was absent some of you grew up in a home where daddy came and he went well let me tell you you can have an everlasting father and he will never never leave he is the everlasting Father. But last, what did he say 500 years before ever Christ was born? He is the Prince of Peace. Now, Kevin, you said your Sunday school, y'all talked about the difference between what and what? Joy and happiness. Joy and happiness. One depends on circumstances, right? One doesn't. But here he says, I've come to give you more than just joy the French call it uh, joie de vivre exuberant joy of life it does not depend on circumstance but it brings a peace that the Bible says in Philippians 4 7 truly passes every understanding you could ever imagine you see this distinguishes Jesus from other kings who came to bring bloodshed and war Jesus brings harmony Jesus brings peace. People couldn't understand that. They wanted a fighting king. But Jesus said, I came to bring peace. I came to break, break the cycles of, of hurt and pain. And I came to bring peace in your marriage. I came to bring peace in your life. I came to bring, bring peace in your family. That's why I came. And it's a peace that truly passes all understanding. Happiness, joy, peace, call it what you want to call it. What gives us, what God gives us through Christ is inexplicable, it's incomparable. And there's nothing else like it. These expressions are used to show the Savior possessed a higher and greater nature. On that first, first glorious Christmas day, God was doing what? He was sustaining the universe. He was keeping his promise. He was revealing what he was really like. And he was seeking to save the lost. That's no different than right now, is it? He's still doing the very same thing, 
sustaining the universe, keeping his promises, revealing himself through Christ, and still seeking to save the lost. Why do I love Christmas? Because I love Jesus. And why do we love Jesus? Because he shows us the beautiful mystery of what God is truly like. Do you love him? Do you love him? Do you love him? Why do I love Christmas? Because I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Pray with me, please. Father God, in Jesus' name, we come to you. We thank you for loving us. And we love you too. Right now, Father, I pray that you would take our worship, our praise, our adoration, Lord, enjoy it because we mean it. Father, now we come and we pray. We ask that you would speak to our hearts during this time of closing. That, God, we would commit, recommit, resubmit our lives to you. And, Lord, I pray as I do every Sunday, if there's any man, woman, boy, and girl in this place who came here today because a family member made them come, because they just wanted to see a good show, that today you would save every soul that you would take every heart. May every man and woman right now bow before you and say, Father, I give you my life. Lord, I've thought about it for a long time, but right now I say yes to Jesus, and I give him my heart. I give him my life. I repent of my sins, and I come to Jesus today. Oh, God, may that be true in every mind and every heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.